being a better human means to be a better listener. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Welcome back to the In Raw Life podcast. We are so happy that you are joining us this week. And we are getting a little controversial for us, I would say. (laughs) We are discussing is trying really hard to not offend anyone really making us a better person. Yeah, that's a good – I like that question. I like it too. But before we get into that, Sierra, what is your rawality check? My rawality check is that I don't even want to do a rawality check today. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so defeated. I don't know. I mean, that's the whole point of why we do the rawality check is so that you know that you're not alone just because our voices are broadcast doesn't mean that we've got our stuff all together. But I don't know. I just feel defeated. I'm constantly fighting with my dad about the coronavirus. And I'm just sad because I don't want to fight about it. I don't want to make it political. I just want to do my life. I just want to live my life. (laughs) I just, yeah. I want to escape. My path usually is to escape, but I can't escape having conversations with my own father. And so we have to have a really big conversation today. And I won't get into my feelings versus his feelings because that's not what matters. I just want to be able to come together and agree on something or agree to disagree and not talk about it, whatever the case may be. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. So I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes, especially the closer the person is, the harder it is to disagree. But the better it is to realize that you can disagree and still come to some sort of common ground. Yeah. I feel for you. What about you? What's yours? My rawality check. Life. (laughs) I, you know, I would say maybe one of my biggest things right now is part of it's due to COVID. Part of it's, I'm sure something has to do with the fact that Yesterday or the day before, whichever way you look at it, was the year anniversary of losing my mom. But I definitely really just want to see people, like my close people right now. Like a lot of, you know, one, I miss my dad because we usually see each other at least two to three times a year and we just can't right now. Two, all the other people in my life that are close to me in my life besides him and my brother, but it's not like we see each other that often all have like really big things going on that I really want to be a part of or feel like I should be a part of or need to be a part of. And I can't like my two other best friends are both pregnant. So I would love to see them and I probably won't before Mm. their babies come and who knows how old their babies will be. I want to see you so I can meet Gray finally. Oh my gosh. You haven't even met him. That's so weird. I know. And then I want to go see my grandparents because One, my grandmother's about to turn 90, and 
her husband, my I guess you can call him my step-grandfather. I don't know. He became a grandfather figure to me when I was in my t- mid-20s. So, um, <laughs> But he is 96 and he is having other health complications right now that's just not looking great. And I just want to be there for them. And I can't. Like, that's mm-hmm. my thing that I do. I go see people and I'm there for them and I help however I can. And I can't right now. And that's incredibly frustrating. On top of just, you know, other life things. Yeah. So that that's mine. And, and, you know, as much as I'm very good at doing my own thing at my own house and used to keeping to myself, I love people and I love my people especially. And I just mm-hmm. want my people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think that I could probably live in a house with 12 people for a solid six months and not get irritated about it. <laughs> like right now? Just because – like right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My stepsisters came down to visit. I don't know. I still don't know if I could do quite that, but. I could. I'm like, my stepsisters and I were never like super close growing up, but just the fact that they are people in my house, I'm like, let's sit and talk all night, which is cool because it's helping us get closer, but. Yeah. I could hang out with people a lot right now, but I don't know if I could. It depends on how big the house is and how many kitchens there are. Oh, it'd be, it'd be a big house. Okay. Multiple kitchens. And a big kitchen. Maybe, yeah, maybe a kitchen on each floor. Okay, I could do that. I could do or that. Or a kitchen per three families or two families. <laughs> that sounds know. good. I can handle it. I'm, I'm building my dream mansion right now. Okay, let's do it. My husband would hate it. <laughs> yes, so would my significant other. Your man friend? Yeah, my man friend. He would listen to, I'm sure whenever he listens to this one, he's going to come home and be like, oh, uh, excuse me, no. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's get PC or anti-PC, depending on where we go with this. Okay, so yeah, the way that we came up with this subject is society as a whole, I guess, just seems to be getting so very PC about absolutely every single little thing that even those of us who might err on the more PC side or, you know, don't want to offend people and want to be kind and make sure that we're doing the right thing, it's starting to even feel stifling for us Mm -hmm. because we feel like we can't speak out. We feel like we can't say anything because even if it has the the best intentions, someone's going to attack us for it. And then what's the point? Why? Like how, how is that making anyone better if no one can say anything about anything? There, nothing good can come from that because then there can be no growth, there can be no movement, there can be no learning and understanding, and it's just it it sucks. So don't mistake this for it's okay to be offensive and to say yeah, no. all these terrible things. Like that's not at all where we're going with this. But it's we kind of touched on this um, with our more recent episode where we were interviewing Merritt. We talked about how by this world has become so PC that it's almost taking away the purpose and the meaning behind things that actually are offensive. Merritt brought up the Me Too movement and how because now everybody's jumped on, it's it's over – you described it. I don't remember the word you used to describe it, Jess, but it was like – Oversaturated? Yeah. it's It's just made the movement so – insignificant when it Mm. actually had a really good purpose at one point, but now it's almost a joke because everyone's jumping on and using it for their own gain versus using it for what it was actually – what it actually stood for. So Mm -hmm. there are things that – I don't – I think there's – 
there's validity to having thick skin in the fact that it makes you a stronger person, which helps you to make a bigger difference in the world. Mm -hmm. That's my stance on it. But further explore that. Yeah, and if, if you're able on that, if you're able to take kind of the middle ground, like have the thick skin but be empathetic to others, mm-hmm. then you are you don't get offended and then you're able to look at it and really see both sides and understand like you were saying in your reality check and do something about it. Because the better educated you are, the when you're not so easily offended or you take whatever comes at you and you say, you know what, let me think the best of whatever they were trying to do and look at this from both sides and understand it, then you can actually do something about it, you know? Yeah. Like I'm I'm very big on playing devil's advocate in my own mind with every situation. Like no matter how how bad the other side is even or the opposite view of mine or the opposite view of whoever it is that I believe is the good side, I can look at it and be like, okay, I understand how they get there. Not that I agree with it and I don't Mm -hmm. condone it, but I can understand how they get there. And it helps me form better opinions and know what action to take. Yeah. I, my husband gets really mad at me that I always play devil's advocate. And I've told him, like, I I won't do it when he's mad at somebody or something anymore. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that's irrelevant to him personally and it either affects both of us or only affects me, I tell him I have to play devil's advocate because that's my way of coping. Mm -hmm. It helps me to look at what's another way that they could be thinking that would justify this irrational behavior or this thing that – like if you're going to hurt me, I want to believe the best in you so that I'm less hurt by it. Yeah. And that – so that helps me to cope through that. Yeah, it's not always for them. Sometimes it's for your own well-being. I have a friend that I used to work with like remotely. So he lives in Pakistan. I've never actually met him. But it's such a weird thing to like learn about each other's different cultures. And he'll say things like jokingly to try to offend me. And he has this – like we have this ongoing bet that he'll never be able to offend me. And it's he keeps trying. He'll say the most <laughs> ridiculous things. And like he tries to call me fat. And I'm like, I just don't believe you. Like yeah. I don't – I'm not taking it personally. And he, it's funny to see like the different culture. Like he's saying things that he thinks Americans would be offended by. But I just find the whole thing so entertaining that I don't think he'll ever offend me. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. That's interesting. But it's because I come into it with that mindset of I'm not going – to take things so personally in hopes mm-hmm. that that will like better like it, i think it's i think it helps build your strength if you don't take things so personally all the time but i like how you said it's a balance of i won't take things personally but i'm still going to be empathetic and try not to say things that could be unkind to others yeah i mean i you know something as small as cursing like I curse a lot sometimes. It's just kind of in my nature. But I know that that's offensive to a lot of people. And I try to censor myself, number one, around certain people just because why – if it's something that I can control, then why not? But some people are like, no, F it. That's just who I am. And I'm not going to censor myself for anybody. And it's like, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you can be empathetic though. And hopefully you get that in return too then. Like that's right. something so easy and small. But – and it's not me trying to be PC yeah. or non-offensive. It's just me being a decent human being in my eyes, I guess. Yeah, I think it's interesting – that's an interesting point too, like taking the offensiveness in – like situationally. Like I have a friend 
who so I said, well, now now if my friend in Pakistan ever hears this, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just okay. not even going to bring it up. <laughs> was, there's like one curse word that gets under my skin. And one of my friends told me some t- one time, she was like, I have, she's like, it really bothers me. I don't know if it was me. I don't remember what how it was happening, but she's like, it really bothers me when wh- – I think it was me. We'll say it was me for this case. She's like, it really bothers me when you do this. And I was like, look, I had no idea, and I'm really sorry, and I'll never do that again. And while we're on the topic, this curse word just gets under my skin. And she has never said that word in front of me again and except for once. And she's like, I'm so sorry. It was years later. She's like, I'm so sorry. I know how you feel about that word. And I'm like, oh. Thank you. Like it meant I don't care if she actually says it. I'm just letting her know, by the way, that gets under my skin. And when yeah. she said it, she felt so bad about it. And like just because she cares about me. Yeah. And that's that's exactly kind of the basis of this. Like the the solution to the question that we asked is when you can have when you're not so worried about offending others, including telling them that they offended, that whatever they're doing is offending you or makes you feel a certain way. You can have a real honest conversation about, hey, that really bugged me when you said this or did this or however that is. Can you at least Mm -hmm. not do it around me or try to educate them in a nice, normal way? And then you guys can have an open conversation and be like, oh, wow, I didn't know. Yeah, of course I'll try to do better. You know, I'll do better. That was exactly it. It was was educational because to her it was like something so flippant. And to me it was like – this is why this bugs me. And she's like, wow, I would have never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And so the and the fact that she still thought about it years later, yeah, when neither of us have a great memory, like it reminded me when I saw her when I when she said sorry, I was like, oh yeah. So obviously every time she says that word now, over like a three year period, she probably is thinking, Oh, this could be offensive to a certain crowd. Should I say this? Should this mm-hmm. be part of my vo- vocabulary? Things like that. It's we can come to it from an educational standpoint, not mm-hmm. a, hey, poor me, I am a victim. Let me, like, victimize this situation. Yeah. Because that's never healthy either. Yeah. And I think it's just good behavior to know how and when to censor yourself in certain situations. Like, you don't need to just blurt out everything that comes straight to your mind because some sometimes it needs a little editing. Right? Yeah. You don't have to say everything that's – I think that's another part of our culture is sometimes we think, especially with social media, it's so easy to say whatever comes to your mind the second it comes to your mind to a very large audience. Mm-hmm. It gets, it can get you in a lot of trouble or it can not get you in trouble if you just don't care. But I still think it's important to care because people's feelings are at stake. Yeah, and that's that's what makes you a better human is to actually care. All of that being said – I think there comes a point where we shouldn't be so soft and we shouldn't be mm-hmm. underspoken. Like sometimes being outspoken is not great, but underspoken is terrible too, I think. Mm-hmm. Which and it's of course like how do you navigate outspoken versus underspoken? And yes, I did just make up the phrase underspoken, but <laughs> <laughs> um, So, okay. This is where my thoughts have been on this recently. My stepdad, which, okay, I remember growing up in his house and thinking, being intimidated by him. He's a bigger guy. He has a booming voice. When he says stuff, he didn't say stuff to me too often, but when he did, I was 
like run for the hills. I have to go hide in my room and cry because I'm very intimidated. So now he's around my son, but like our relationship has very much mended. It was like, it was unhealthy when I joined as a teenager into this blended family. But now we're in a really, really good place. And I actually can say that I like love and respect him, which is amazing. Mm, I love hearing that. I know. Like even I feel like when we started this podcast, I couldn't say that. Mm. But this, like we've kind of been quarantined together and I have just gained a whole newfound respect for him, which is amazing. And I'm grateful for it. That's awesome. Um, so going to get choked up and I do not, do not do that. (laughs) Go for it, Sierra. Go for it. Um, (laughs) never. (laughs) Um, so, but anyway, so now he, when I, when he talks to my three-year-old, it's interesting because I remember how I felt, but I'm like, but Arrow, I think about it and Arrow is processing this as a three-year-old, not as a teenage angsty hormonal child. So when when my stepdad lays down the law, Arrow takes it as this is law kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't disagree with what my stepdad will say. So, for example, Arrow is very competitive. He loves to race. He races cars. He races bikes. He runs whatever race he can. And now he's he's three and a half, so he's getting faster. I think we could still most likely all beat him <laughs> speed-wise. Endurance-wise, no. He would beat all of us forever. but. We, you know, so Gary, when he races him, Gary is my stepdad. When when he races him, he lets Arrow win, but every now and then Gary will win. And the first few times, Arrow started pouting about it. And and Gary said to him, look, you are not always going to win. You can, if you want to win, you have to work harder. That's, you can't complain, you have to work harder. And I loved that mentality of, Listen, we're not going to sit here and whine about winning. I'm not going to just let you win because you're three. I'm going to take a few victories myself so it challenges you to to practice, to run, to race, to be competitive. And it's really cool to see that mentality. It's like it's the lesson that he's teaching him. I, I love it and I admire it. And I wish that I had it more as a child where if you want something, like you can be victorious and you will. Just work for it. And I can see that in Gary's daughters too. Like they work really hard for where what they do with their jobs and stuff. And you can tell like that was something that was taught to them at a young age. So I'm really glad that's being taught to Arrow. I, I don't want the PC participation trophy version. I want the work for this and work hard and then celebrate the victory once you've – because you've earned it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do the same with my daughter. I – do not let her win games that we play. There have been, I mean, even from a young age when she started playing games, I don't let her win. There's been probably a handful of times where I hold back how good I am. Sure, yeah. I guess you could say, but I don't let her win. And she gets pissed about it. But About losing? Yeah. Or about, about how, or how good I am at something. And I'm like, listen, yeah. I've had this many years at doing this. You keep working at it, and you're gonna beat me all the time eventually. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I she played soccer for one season, t-ball for one season, and did a whole lot of dance. And even like the dance, it was not competitive dance, but they gave them like awards or trophies at the end of the school year or whatever it was. And it was hard because I didn't want her to get it because I don't like the participation trophy thing. Because it's not actually earned. Mm -hmm. It's just for the fact that you participated. 
But at the same time, she was, a, you know, back then she was like a three-year-old and every, she's standing there watching, like her teachers talk about, oh, and you're going to get a trophy. And she stands there and watches all of other friends. I'm not going to say, no, sorry, you didn't deserve that. Like a th- mm-hmm. she can't process that. So, yeah, but it sucks. It's hard because we live in a society where that's the norm. And I don't want my kid thinking that that's the norm. Right. So I looked into this a little bit before because I knew this was going to come up. And it seems like the psychology behind it is that at the younger ages, Mm -hmm. the ages where like Santa Claus is still prevalent is (laughs) what it seems to be um, like that. They didn't give exact age ranges. I mean, my kid still believes in Santa Claus. Well, apparently that means the participation trophies are still okay, but I don't know that that's true either. I would say three and under. I would – we'll give it the three and under age. I th- I would agree with that because right now, like Arrow, we we can go get a medallion because he participated in T-ball even though the season got cut short. And like I totally want the medallion because it like it was his first time in T-ball and that it's like, was really yeah cool memory box they, kind of item. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And they didn't win. Like there was no which that was a little frustrating too. Oh but, girl, like <laughs> when Emmeline did soccer, that was her very first sport. I want to say she was three, and I go to the game. And I was like, oh, like, how do they keep score? And they're like, oh, they don't. I said, Ex- <laughs> excuse me, then how do they know who wins? Oh, nobody wins. <laughs> and I was just so, so taken aback. I, I get it in the fact that they're developing the skills in them. And honestly, it would be very disheartening for the kids on the other team. Because yeah. there were only two teams. And our team just ruled and the other team drooled. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, Emily's soccer team was not very good. <laughs> I'm still laughing at my childhood humor. <laughs> you didn't even it didn't even phase you. You're just like, yep, no, that's, that's, just, that's how you talk. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, like, but it was it was unfortunate because like we had a coach who this was his third year coaching. No, not third. No, 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 no. I, it was his third grandchild that he was coaching. So he coached like his children and his grandchildren at this age. So he knew what to do to make to improve their skills. And we only did it for, I think, eight weeks before it got cut off. And their skills, you could see the transformation. Whereas the other kids were just kind of like throwing balls and running in circles and eating grass, you know. So it's like, you know, if they keep losing, that's going to be disheartening to them. So I get it. But you still want to like – I don't know when – what's the age where we start keeping track? Yeah. You have to instill reality somewhere. And also in the research that I found, it's f- like pro-participation trophy. It says that by like giving them a reward not just for win or loss, it shows the value of coming together like mm, – And showing up. Team spirit, camaraderie. Yeah. Like there's other – it shows them the value of being present, working hard, and contributing to a team. But then the other side of it, oh, well, like for so one, it devalues like victory, but it also there was um, the other side of it was like you don't have to give them an award to show success of it. You can talk about the health aspects mm-hmm. and things like that, which I'm like, I don't know that a three year old's going to get. This is good for my body, but maybe. I mean, Errol will I mean, say that carrots are good for his eyes. So, but you know. know, like ice cream party, pizza party for the end of the season kind of thing. Isn't that enough? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I'm like, yay, we did it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so then the psycho, the, uh, the research also says that once kids hit a certain age, 
participation trophies kind of become demeaning. Like, mm-hmm. okay, here's a sign that I – like, here's a sign of my failure kind of thing. Like, here's my trophy of loss, which mm-hmm. is not fun either. So really, like, at a certain age, it needs to be cut off so that they can – because they want to work for the gold. And they're proud. Like, I – uh, I was just telling Jessica, we just started watching Suits because it's on Prime. And they did, I think it's like the sixth episode in, they have a mock trial competition. Mm-hmm. And the main guy goes up against this really cocky lawyer. And he's like, I was the I was the national champion of mock trial in high school, college, and something else. Like three national mock trial champions. And I turned to Jay and I was like, I was the state mock trial champion in high school. Does that count for anything? (laughs) And I like laughed about it, but it's like such a good memory of mine. And that was my sophomore year where I wasn't the lawyer. I was a witness. The years I was a lawyer, we did not do so well because I am too soft. (laughs) But (laughs) when I look back at that, I am really proud of my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Like that was a really awesome time. I remember the team. I remember the feeling. I remember the, my heart racing for the competition. I like the vic the victorious years are more impressionable on me than the ones where I lost because I knew how much work it took to reach that victory. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray agrees. <laughs> I mean, thinking about being in the theater for so many years, honestly, some of my losses mm. taught me more than my victories. Like, yeah. you know, oh, that's true. Not, I mean, I even remember I started theater when I was 11 or 12. And I remember it was a summer camp. And I remember the director teaching, or I don't, I don't remember now when I learned this, but I know I learned it before high school. I remember her teaching us about the second you walk, walk into that room for an audition, which goes the same for an interview or anything else in your life, you are being judged and you need to start, like, you're on. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to put a lot of work and effort and thought behind all of that to be able to get it. And then even then, you're still not going to get it. But being in the theater taught me a lot about victories and loss and how much you can learn from both. And, you know, so you saying that, I'm reminded of my big losses, too. Like, I remember those and how they impacted me. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about, I guess, like, going back to mock trial, the thing – my sophomore year made a huge impression on me, whereas my senior year didn't because we were a good team and we worked hard enough, but it wasn't like, so it wasn't a huge loss. We did okay, you know, and that I feel like is a participation trophy. Like I didn't, nothing gained, nothing lost. So it's like those those high highs and low lows that really impact you. Mm-hmm. So you, that's why a participation trophy, there it goes. There, that, now I really do have a stance on it. Mm-hmm. Participation trophy does nothing for your growth. There you go. But a big old loss. Or a, a big old goose egg, as Jay <laughs> That will light it. a fire under you. Get your butt in gear. Or not. And then you're like, F this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Oh, man. But when it is something you want, mm-hmm. like when I've lost at competitions for theater, oh, like it feel, I still remember this one solo song that I did that I just – think I shouldn't have done and I'm like it makes me queasy like I have I want to like I want to redo it somehow and make make it right Mm -hmm. and that was 15 years ago my Mm -hmm. word (laughs) yeah what about you gray any major losses or gains in your life um well 
I have lost the ability to go out in public, so I have therefore lost my ability to transfer from the car to my crib, and I'm not grateful for that. (laughs) Are you not grateful for that, or is mom not grateful for that? Neither of us, because it means neither of us get any rest, so we're both a little crabby. Okay. I like that his voice is very... Soothing. Chill. Yeah. (laughs) I like your voice, Gray. Thanks, Mom. Another thing that I was thinking about is that, like, the whole, like, being offended or not being offended, there Mm -hmm. also comes a place where, like, I mean, again, read your audience and understand empathy, but there comes a place where offensive nature is comedic relief, Mm -hmm. not – again, like, I don't want to advocate for being downright rude or disrespectful of, like, someone's culture, but – so I do dinner theater (laughs) as a total nerd that I am, and and it's all, like, comedic, and when you come, you should expect to – like, if you get called up, you're going to get picked on. Like, that's kind of just the way it is. And it's funny because now and then we'll get an audience member who comes and personally complains about being wronged by something. And mm-hmm. oftentimes it's not even something we say. It's something like another – like an audience member says because they're, you know, joining in the act or whatever. And it's just – it's like that kind of thing of be careful who you offend. Well, you cannot seek out a comedy show and expect to not mm-hmm. be offended if it's that kind of a comedy show, yeah. you know, like don't, don't seek it out because that's – some people are – find relief in in pe- being made fun of even. Like my husband is all about self-deprecating humor. SNL is all about making yeah. fun of people but also, you know, caring. They make fun of people equally-ish. They do. They, they make fun of people mm-hmm. across the board. And Including some of the people – some of the people they've made fun of are – yeah, I was going to say, some of the people they make fun of are hosts on their show, you know, and the people that come and host the show aren't like, oh, well, you made fun of me this That kind of makes so. you a better person when you can handle, you can show, hey, I can handle this. Like, I understand that there are some things about myself that are absurd, and I can make fun of it and laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. And not that you need, again, this goes back to, like, you don't need to man up and have thick skin if you're actually being mm-hmm. wronged, you know, if you're at work and you're constantly being belittled in a work environment. Like, no, that's that's unacceptable. Like, no, just know when it's okay to stand your ground and when sometimes you just need to toughen up a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, Sierra, are you ready for our very first, I don't know how to word it, <laughs> would you rather? What do you think? Are you offended by? Okay, Sierra. Are you ready for our very first What do you think lightning round? Dun, dun, dun. Sure. Okay. This is for both of us to answer okay. what it is, our opinion on the word or the subject. Okay. But we have to do it as fast as possible? Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm in. Let's do it. Buckled up. Ready to go. What is your feeling? Are you offended by or what is your feeling on it's okay to be late? Um, I will offend you because I will always be late. <laughs> if you find this offensive, you're going to be offended by <laughs> you're And here I am. I think you should always be on time or early. But are you offended by it if someone Am I late? offended by it? A little bit. Depends on the pattern of, of lateness. I mean, you know, it's respectful. No. 
for me, I was thinking that. I was Yeah. All right. You can be offended. <laughs> Are you offended by rainbows? Uh, no. And there's like countries that are starting to ban them, and I think that's insane. Yeah, a rainbow at its core means like hope and a promise of better th- days to come. So, I'm offended by people who are offended. I love rainbows. rainbows even more lately that they're popping up everywhere. They just make me happy, and they're so cute and pretty, and I draw them a lot. No offense here. Are you offended by bread? Bread? <laughs> Who's offended by bread? Where are you getting know. these topics? I'm not offended by bread. I'm actually offended. I I will. You know what? I am offended when carbs are not a part of dinner. Last night we had chicken lettuce wraps with a side of cucumber salad, and my body was starving. <laughs> I ate a lot, and I was so hungry. So I am offended when bread is left out of the equation. Mm, yes. I'm with you. Yeah, I love carbs <laughs> a lot, and I know that. There should be a little more balance, but I'm definitely not offended by bread. I like it being, I like it being there. What is your stance on the AC having to stay at 78 during the summer? <gasps> what? 78? Uh-huh. 78? Who does that? That is, that is insanity. Yeah. That is, I am offended. My AC is at 76 right now and I'm sweating because I can't turn it on because we're podcasting and if my husband when my this the other day I our AC is at 68 at night and when I woke up I was cold and I turned it to 75 and got in trouble 75 whoo 78 is unreasonable yeah we both nice. like I like that that's a good thing to be on board with what about you guys what are you at I got 78 because I think that's where he would leave it at in the summer, if he was allowed to. But no, I'm like a, a 76 kind of person. No, we're a 74, 72. Well, in this particular house, it was it's 76 because that makes it plenty. It makes it just fine inside. At my old house, there were certain times and at night where it got even hot. It felt hotter inside. So I turned it down to 74. That's true. It does depend on the house. But 78 is not an option in any house ever. What is your stance on breastfeeding in public? Yeah, I personally, like, I feel a little uncomfortable because I feel I feel uncomfortable doing it if I think someone's going to be uncomfortable watching it. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that it should be so looked down upon because you're just, you're nursing a baby. And actually, there's a picture of a congresswoman in... Central or South America, it was a long time ago, but she was, like, breastfeeding her baby mm-hmm. at work, like, while she's, like, passionately oh, yeah. advocating for something, and I just think it's one of the most powerful yeah, me too. I love it. pictures for womankind. I think it happened in the and U.S. In picture, you know what I'm talking about? Isn't there one in the U.S.? No, it was It was definitely not U.S., because she, like, was full boob out kind of thing. It would not be allowed in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, my stance personally – so when I used to – I had the cover, because I don't want, like – my boob to be seen by others, but that's me personally because I just didn't want them to see yeah, my boob. Uh, and it was hard for me because she moved a lot and didn't want the mm-hmm. cover over her. Yeah. Understandably so. So I'm all for it. I don't necessarily want my 
full boob to be seen. And I don't necessarily want to see another's full boob in public. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think it's. Gray likes this topic yeah, a lot. But I think it's totally <laughs> fine to nurse in public. The other day I was nursing in the car. And I like was just parked in a parking lot and had Gray and I was sitting in the front seat. And some dude walked by and I didn't even notice like Gray had popped off because like I feel private in the in my car. But like he just popped off and I looked up and there's this dude walking by and he got like it wasn't like baby feeding boob. Like he got full on boob and you could tell he liked it. And I was like, oops. You could tell he liked it. <laughs> yeah. He got to see a boob. Oh, he was very man, excited. Lucky day. <laughs> See, everybody should be pro-breastfeeding in public. Lucky day. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. Think of the perks. <laughs> Literally. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of being offensive and getting offended. Hopefully you were not offended by it. And if you were, hopefully you're not listening anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. We hope you keep listening. We also hope that you share how often you're listening Please, it will help our podcast to grow if you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, or take a picture of yourself listening to the podcast or screenshot that phone, share it on Instagram so we can help our podcast grow. And then tag us at the In Raw Life Podcast so we can share you sharing us. And if you would like to be a part of our podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can email us your questions, comments, ideas, and also what you think it means to be a better human. You can email any of that to podcast at inrawlife.com. Until next week, we hope that you are empathetic, are a little offensive, and try to keep your nipples to yourself. Bye. But every time we podcast, I feel like he doesn't poop for three days. So at any moment. Oh, the poor inverted nipple friends oh. out there. <laughs> He's so hungry. He ate the headphone out of my ear. <laughs> we regulate his bowels through podcasting. Amen, girl. I am offended when... Bleh. My rush is yours. Look at my luscious rose. Oh, I'm still recording. <laughs> <laughs>